And uh, so, so it is great to have all of you uh, uh, worshiping with us today. And let me just ask you a question. Who's a little bit excited about having some church today? Anyone excited about having some church today? Yeah, so let's get loud. Let's not be quiet. And, uh, and so next weekend, just to let you know, next week, we're beginning a brand new series. Uh, our Christmas series is called The Reason for the Season. And we're going to be looking at five reasons why Jesus came on Christmas morning. And uh, so I hope that you join us for that. It's going to be great. We're going to look at some. We're going to look at some challenging scriptures, and we're going to look at some other scriptures and the and the gospels that tell us and reveal to us why Jesus had to come. And so I hope that you'll be here for that. But today we're wrapping up. We're in our final week of our message series called "This Is What We Do." And so we've been talking about generosity, right? We've been talking about being generous, and and I want to talk to you today about the blessings of generosity. And, and you remember, we've been talking about this each week. We say, we want to be a church that we, Warehouse Church, we want to be a church that leads the way with extravagant generosity. Because why? Because we believe it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so we want to lead the way in our community for generosity, not just any kind of generosity, but extravagant generosity, right? Like ridiculous kind of generosity. And that's the kind of church that we want to be. And a woman tells a story, and she tells a story about how God, uh, about God multiplying in her life. And we've been talking about this. We've been talking about living the abundant life and how God multiplies in our lives. And so she was telling a story, and she said, hey, years ago, I heard a message. She's like, I heard a message similar to the ones that we've been sharing over the past few weeks about the power of God and, and, and to multiply what you give and she was talking about how I really wanted to give to this special offering. So her church was doing a special offering. She's like, I really wanted to give to this special offering. And she said, so I opened up my checkbook. And I know some of you might be, okay, this is an older story because we don't use checkbooks anymore. But she opened up her checkbook and she realized that they only had $5.35 left in her bank account. And she thought, you know what, I'll just write a check for $5 and, and I'll give that. And she thought, well, wait a minute. She's like, that's probably too much. That's too close to the edge. And so she said, I want to give something, though. Like, I don't want to not give to this special project that the church is doing. So she wrote a check for $1. And as she's telling the story, she's crying, and she's really a little bit of embarrassed because she's like, I remember being so embarrassed writing this check for only $1. And she writes the check for $1, and she's like, this is so humiliating, but I'm going to do it because I believe that God has called me to be generous. I know that I only have $5.35 left, but I'm going to write a check for $1, and she gave it. And she said as she put the check in the offering, she said, God, she prayed this. She said, God, please multiply this to be a blessing to someone else. She's like, God, just take this simple, humble $1 and use it to be a blessing to someone else. Well, that night, she happened to have small group, and she was in her small group, and there was another couple in the small group with her, and, and they said this at the end of the small group. They said, I don't know why, but we've been praying. My wife and I, we've been praying about this for a while, and today we just felt that it was confirmation and we're, that we're supposed to give you this. And so they gave this woman who gave a dollar, they gave her and her husband an envelope. And her and her husband opened the envelope, and it was a check for $1,000. And, and, and they were so blessed and blown away to give this money to this couple, but the couple that received it, man, can you imagine? Like, they were so blessed to receive 
this gift of $1,000. And how many of you all, like when you hear a story like that, like how many of y'all would be like, man, I would like to be blessed like that, right? Like y'all are getting your dollars out right now. You're like, I'm giving a dollar today, right? Like you're like, I, I mean, I too, I get that too. Like I would love to be blessed like that. But then I thought about it and I wonder, I wonder this. I wonder how many of you would love to be the family who got the massive blessing out of being used by God to bless someone else. Because we really believe that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Like how often do we get excited about being a blessing to someone else? Like to think about this couple, they've been praying and God said, man, I want you to give this thousand dollars to somebody and they've been praying about it, and maybe they've been praying about it for weeks, maybe months, they've been planning it, and they're like, who is it? And then they heard this message the morning before, and then it just clicked with them. They're like, this is the couple that God has called us to bless. And here's the reality. Because of what Jesus did, you and I, we have the opportunity to lead the way with extravagant generosity. And as Jesus followers, this is just what we do, Right? Like, this is who we are. This is what we do because of what Jesus did for us, and he gave everything for us. The least that we can do is be extravagant with our generosity. And it may not be what everybody does, right? Like, it may not be what your friends do. It may not be what your coworkers do. It may not be what the rest of your family does. But this is what we do. This is what we do as followers of Jesus. And we recognize that giving and being generous are actually two very different things. Like everyone can give, but giving and being generous or being extravagant or generosity are two different things. And, and, and so, uh, and, and that's the difference. There's a difference from giving and being extravagant or generosity. In fact, if you're taking notes, I just would encourage you to write this down again, that giving and being generous, that they are two different things. They're just two different things. And as followers of Jesus, we want to grow beyond. Like, I want you to grow beyond where so many people live today. And so many people in America today are living with this scarcity mindset. They're living, and and, and you may be, and you may know people who are living with this scarcity mindset. And instead, my prayer is that you and I, that we want to have an abundant heart faith for our good God. We just sang about the good, good father, right? Like, and we want to have a heart that's abundant, much like the heart of our Father. And so let me just look at the, let me just remind you of the cycles we've been talking about one more time. And and so we have the first cycle. This is the cycle of scarcity. And and we talked about uh, when scarcity is your mindset, we talked about how as soon as we receive something, right, like God supplies, God is the one that supplies everything that we have. And as soon as God supplies, we talked about how when we receive it, we immediately want to consume it. And then we spend everything that we have. And because we spend everything that we have, we, we consume, we end up in lack. We end up lacking. We, end up, we realize that at the end of the, 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 there's more month than there is money left in our bank account. And then because of that, we get afraid, right? We live in fear. We talked about living in fear and anxiety because we're living from paycheck to paycheck and there never seems to be enough. And the cycle continues, and it just goes on and on and on, because to cover up our fear, what do we do? To cover up that anxiety, what do we do? We spend more, right? Like, we spend more money that we don't have. We break out the credit cards. We buy more to cover up that fear and anxiety that we're living with. And we wish, we wish that we could give more. Like, we, we wish that we could give more, but we 
can't. And as followers of Jesus, we talked about this last week, we don't live, we don't serve a God that lives in scarcity, but we serve an abundant God. And so we talked about abundance also being a cycle. And we said, listen, there's another way of living. It's called the cycle of abundance. And this cycle is that God supplies, and because he supplies, we give back, right? Like we, we return the first 10% back to him. We call it a tithe, and we don't do it because we have to. We don't do it begrudgingly. We do it as an act of worship. And because of his goodness, because of God's goodness, we give and we tithe. And as followers of Jesus, we believe that God opens the windows of heavens and he pours out our blessings. He pours out blessings so that we can be a blessing to others. And so when he supplies, if we can put that back on the screen for me, the cycle of abundance, when he supplies, God multiplies. And when God multiplies, he grows our faith. And then we give even more. And we have, a, we have this cycle of abundance because we serve a very good and powerful God. And everybody gives, but not everybody is generous. Some of us, we tip God. We say, oh, I got a couple dollars, and we give a couple dollars. That's giving. There's a difference between that and being generous and giving of the tithe. And so what I want to talk about today with you is I want to talk about this. How do we, as Jesus followers, grow to become abundant givers. Like some of you may be wondering, I want to be more generous. Like how do I do that? How do I become an abundant giver? And, and so we're going to talk about that this week and we're going to, we're going to talk about how do, we, how do we reflect the heart? How do you and I, how do we reflect the heart of an abundantly good God? Like how do we do that? How do we become a blessing to people all over the world? And so that's where we're going today, and, and I want to share with you, in just the next few minutes, I want to share with you three different ways, three different ways that we as Jesus followers will faithfully give. And the first way, if you're taking notes, let me just encourage you to write this down, is we're going to give spontaneously. Like, that's what we do. We give spontaneously. There will be time, there will be a time when we see a need in someone else's life, and we think, you know what? I can meet that need. And, 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 you, and God has given me more than I need. I have time. I have resources. I have the ability. And I wasn't even thinking about it. Like, it just popped up in front of me. And, and now that I see a need, I'm excited to meet that need. We kind of talked about that last week with a single mom who had, hadn't, been living in a, hadn't been sleeping in her own bed, but her kids had been sleeping in her bed, and she'd been sleeping on the couch for four years and a couple saw this need, and they said, you know what? We got a spare bedroom, and we got an extra bed, and so they gave her the bed. And this is spontaneous giving. And honestly, uh, this is the way that most people give. Like, most people give this way. And many of you, you have given this way many times. Maybe there was an earthquake somewhere in the world, in the other part of the world, and you see families suffering, and you think, you know what? What can we do? I've got a few extra bucks. I can send it that way. And you see that need, and you meet it. You meet it spontaneously. You didn't plan on it. It just happened in front of you. It unfolded in front of you, and you met the need. Uh, you might be driving down the road, right? And you might see someone in need, and you pull over and you help them. Or maybe there's a single mom at your office, and they're not able to pay the rent, and you just spontaneously say to your other coworkers, hey, let's pull together some money and help this person out for this month. And you give spontaneously. And this is a very important way to give. Like when we see needs and we're able to meet the needs, we should give spontaneously. 
It's biblical too. Like in the Bible, uh, this is the way uh, that the man known as the Good Samaritan, right? Like he gave. This is the way that he gave in the story that, in the parable that Jesus told. And if you don't know the story, just real quick recap. There was a Jewish man that was beaten up by robbers and, and left on the side of the road for dead. And, and a couple of other kind of religious guys, if you remember, walked by and they totally ignored this guy. They didn't have time. They were too busy. They kind of put their blinders on, and they didn't help this guy out. But then there was a Samaritan who would normally never interact with a Jewish person. And he went out, and he spontaneously decided to help this guy who had a need. He saw a need, and he decided to help him. In other words, when the Samaritan woke up that morning, he didn't think to himself. He didn't say, well, today I'm going to do something great for someone else. Like, that wasn't what he did. Uh, All he did was say, today, I am a servant of the most high high God. And if there is someone in need, and if there is somewhere I can, uh, uh, someone I can meet that need, I'm available. I'm available, God. I'm available for you to use me to meet that need. And so he saw a need, right? He saw a need that he could meet. And and he went up to the guy that was laying on the road, robbed and beaten and laying there half dead. And he said, hey, I want to help you, right? And he put, some, he put some oil. The Bible says he put some oil on his wounds. He bandaged him up. He put him on his donkey. And he took this guy to a hotel room and he paid his bill. And the next day, the next morning, he woke up and he gave the innkeeper two denarii. And he gave it to the innkeeper and he said, look after this man. And he, he didn't stop there. He said, listen, I'm going to be back. And if there is more, uh, you know, more things that you had to spend money on, I'll pay you for the extra expenses. Just make sure that he's taken care of. You see, what did this guy do? He didn't wake up. He didn't wake up that morning and say, I'm going to do something. He just was available. He was available, and he said, God, if there's a need that I can meet, show me, and I'll meet it. And he met the need. And I want to encourage you. Church, I want to encourage you to give like that. Like, give spontaneously. If you see a need, if you see your neighbor struggling, if you see a coworker struggling, and you can meet the need, if you've got an extra dining room table, if you've got a tool that they need, if you've got a lawnmower that they need, if you've got something and you see a need, spontaneously give. And so I want to encourage you as Jesus followers to give spontaneously, but don't just give spontaneously. You see, this is where most people stop. This is where most people stop their giving. And if you only give spontaneously, then you're limiting yourself and what you can do to make a difference in the world. So there's more to it than just giving spontaneously. As Jesus followers, not only do we give spontaneously, but we also, we give strategically. Everybody say strategically. Strategically. I just wanted to see if you could say it. It's a hard word to say. We give strategically and we give prayer, we give prayerfully and strategically. And some of you are thinking this, some of you are thinking after these past few weeks, you're thinking, man, Pastor Rick, I wish that I could give more. Like, that's what's in your heart. Like, you want to be generous and you want to give more. And let me just tell you right now that you can give more if you plan on giving more. That you can give more if you plan on giving more. It becomes a part of your heart. It becomes a part of your values. It becomes a part of your strategy. And you can give if you plan to give more. And see, we as followers of Jesus, we should be strategic givers. Like when you create your budget, I hope you create a budget. I hope you live in a world of a budget. If you create a budget, listen, you should strategically plan to give. 
Like it should be the first thing on your budget. I'm going to give. And, uh, and so we plan to give strategically. As Jesus followers, the first 10% of what comes in, we strategically and prayerfully, out of a heart of worship, we return it to God through the church. We don't give last. We talked about this last week. We give first. We plan to give God the first in every area of our life, including our finances. And this is one uh, of the many ways where we say, God, we worship you first. Like, God, I'm putting you first. I'm living the Jesus-centered life. And part of living the Jesus-centered life is putting God first with your finances. And, and, and it's not to give when we want to. It's not to give when we're prompted to. It's a strategic, prayerful response to the generosity of God. And we always do it as an act of worship. I love what Isaiah chapter 32, verse 8 says about generous people. And let's read it together. It says this. Let's read it out loud together. But generous people, we're going to read it out loud together. All right, here we go. I know, Thanksgiving, turkey, it's set in, you're still, you're still, here we go. Let's try it again. One, two, three. But generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. What do they do? I love this. Generous people plan. They're strategic. They plan to do what is generous. And then what does the Bible say? It says they stand firm in their generosity. What does that mean? It means that if you've made a plan to give, you don't start looking at your stuff and say, well, man, I wish I could buy that, those new pair of shoes or I wish I could buy that new whatever. And, and you're like that new kitchen gadget or whatever. And you're like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna give as much this week to the church. No, that's not what it says. It says generous people, their plan, they're strategic. And what is generous? But then they stand firm in their generosity. They stand firm. And most of us, what do we do? What do we do is we plan. What do we plan when it comes to our money is we plan to spend it, right? Like that's what we plan to do. We like to spend our money. We like to consume. And, and we see something and we want it and we claim it. And, and we say, you know, we might say, ladies, I'll pick on you first. Like you might say, man, I'm going to get that new purse. In Jesus' name, I'm going to get that new purse, right? And like you see it and you want it and you claim it. In Jesus' name, that's my purse, and you're already thinking, man, when I come to Christmas Eve worship service, I'm going to be wearing that purse and I'm going to look good. Mm-hmm. And you plan it and you claim it. Or maybe guys, you're like, man, I need a new pair of boots, right? Like you're like, those shoes would look good. I'd look good in those boots on Christmas Day with my Wranglers on and my boots. I would look good in those pair of boots. And you plan it. You plan on spending your money and consuming or maybe there's that new phone, right? The new iPhone is out. It's titanium. Whoop-dee-doo. Like, it's made of titanium. That means it bends easier, right? Okay? I just want you to know that. It, like, bends easier so, so you can have to buy a new one. And so th that phone, I want it. I'm putting it on layaway. And that's what we do is we spend. We plan to consume. But let me just challenge you. Let me just challenge you that as Jesus followers, we are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. We don't believe that the church exists for us, but we believe that the church, we are the church and we exist for the world. So instead of just planning to make a purchase, what if as Jesus followers, we planned to make a difference in the world with our giving? And so there's a guy uh, in a church, he started tithing 10%. And, and so the pastor uh, challenged him. He started tithing 10% and it worked out for him and he tied 10% for years and years and years. And then one day he kind of said, you know what? 
He said, I felt like God is leading me to increase my tithe. And so every year from there on out, he increased his tithe 1% every year. So the next year he tied 11%, the next year 12%, and, you know, and so on and so on, 22%, and he got up to 33%. He was tithing 33% of his income to the church. And, and another guy in the, in the same church, he walked up to his pastor and he said, listen, pastor, he says, I'm going to set a PGR. And just like you, the pastor's like, what in the heck is a PGR? He goes, is that good? I don't even know what a PGR is. And the guy said, oh, he says, I'm going to set a personal giving record. He said, God has been speaking to my heart, and I plan on my goal is to give more this year than I gave last year. I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference in the world. And, and that doesn't happen by accident, church. Like, it doesn't happen by accident. It's strategic. We have to be strategic in our giving. And so generous people plan to do what is generous. That's so true. I'd write it down. Generous people plan to do what is generous. That's what we do. Uh, we plan to do what is generous. We stand firm in our generosity. We don't just give spontaneously, although that's good. We as Jesus followers also give strategically. And in the third area, if you're taking notes, is this. We give sacrificially. So not only do we give spontaneously and not only do we give strategically, but we also give sacrificially. And there are so many powerful examples of sacrificial giving in the Bible. And to me, there's none more powerful than a story that Mark tells in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. And I just want to read it for you. And it's about Jesus, and he's sitting outside of the temple, and he's watching people give. And it was a weird thing. It would be weird for us to do, but outside they would have these temple urns, basically. They look like big spittoons, and people would give. And as they give, their coins would drop into the spittoon, and it would make money, right? It would make sound, right? And so Jesus is outside, and he's watching, and here's what it says in verse 41 of Mark chapter 12. It says, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. And check this out what Jesus said. I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, gave everything that she had to live on. And this story, what's really interesting to me as I read this story is that Jesus just watched, right? Like Jesus just sat there and he watched and he didn't stop the widow from giving. Like he didn't stop her from giving her last two coins. And I mean, if I was the pastor on duty that day, if I'm really being honest with you, and I was sitting there and I was watching all the people give, and I saw this poor widow and I knew because she was a part of my church and I knew that she didn't have a whole lot to give, I might be tempted to go, you know what? It's all right. Like, like we got it covered. Like there's more of us, like you keep it. You keep your money. You need it more than we do. But Jesus didn't do that. Like Jesus didn't rob her from the blessing and he celebrated her sacrificial giving. She's given more than everybody else is what he said. And that's what we do as Jesus followers, right? We want to be a church that leads the way in extravagant generosity. And so I just want to ask you today, when's the last time that you have received a massive blessing from giving sacrificially? Like when's the last time where you gave so much that it hurt, and yet you received the blessing from that gift. 
When's the last time that, that you felt uh, that you loved giving out of, out of not of your abundance, but out sacrificially, where you gave up something to be a massive blessing to someone else? When's the last time you wrote a check for a dollar? And as you dropped that dollar, knowing that you only had $4.35 left in your bank account, and you dropped that dollar in the offering plate, and you pray, God, may this dollar be multiplied and be a blessing to someone else. You see, that's what we do. That as Christ followers, this is what we do. We're, well, we, we give spontaneously, we give strategically, and we also give sacrificially as we seek God. And so, so just so we're clear, and I want, I want to be crystal clear here, and I want you to be crystal clear with me, that yes, I am asking you to give generously. I'm asking you to give extravagantly generously to a church. Now notice I didn't say to our church. I said to a church. And if you don't believe in this church and you don't believe what's going on here, then don't give to this church, but give somewhere. Like find a church, find a church for which Jesus died for and for which he will return for and plug into that local church and be a tither and be a giver of your time and your resources and your finances. But if you are excited about what God is doing here at Warehouse Church, then yes, I'm asking you to give generously here, to be a giver, to be generous with your time, to be generous with your resources, to be generous with your talents, and to be generous with your finances. You see, here's what I believe. I believe that the local church is the hope of the world. It's the hope of the world. And we know, we know that we can impact the world through extravagant generosity, through the extravagant generosity of the body of Christ. Your giving, your giving supports missionaries in Japan. Your giving here supports missionaries in Mozambique. Your giving here supports missionaries right down the road in, in, in uh, Maytown. Your giving here supports community or families all over Floyd County. You see, our extravagant generosity makes a difference in the world. And I mentioned to you last week, and, and I want to mention it to you again, that, that this year we're starting a new tradition uh, here at Warehouse Church, and we're inviting our community for the first time to a Christmas Eve candlelight service. And I want you to know it's going to be such an amazing night. We'll have Christmas music. We're going to share the Christmas story, and we will end the evening with a very special candlelight service. And we're doing this. Why? Why are we doing this? Why are we starting this new tradition? Well, let me tell you why. We're doing it because 57% of Americans are more open to coming to church on Christmas Eve if invited by a friend, a coworker, or a family member than any other time of the year. Did you hear that? 57% of Americans are more likely to come to a Christmas Eve worship service than any other time of the year. And so this is our opportunity. This is your opportunity and my opportunity to open the door for someone to meet Jesus. And because this is new and because this is a new tradition, listen, we're pulling out all the stops and we're sending out 5,000 mailers 
We're in, we're, we're, we'll have invite cards and yard signs that will be available for each of you next week. We'll be having banners up all around town. And we'll also have a digital uh, billboard inviting the community to come home for Christmas at Warehouse Church. And this is costing us a few extra dollars this year. And you have an opportunity to give generously to our Christmas Eve fund. And I would ask, I would ask that you would prayerfully consider giving sacrificially and spontaneously today. But I'm also asking you this. I'm asking you to be generous with your prayers. Like I want you to be generous, extravagantly generous with your prayers. And I want you to begin now. Begin now praying for a powerful evening that transforms lives. That when people come in from the community and they've never heard the Christmas story, that this is the first time for them hearing the Christmas story, that they, their lives would be transformed. And, and now, another thing that I'm asking you to do as we prepare for Christmas Eve is I'm asking for you to pick seven. Now, what does that mean? I'm not asking you to play the lottery. I'm asking you to pick seven people, seven people that you would begin to prayerfully consider inviting to come with you to Christmas Eve. Now, you know that one out of two of those people are going to come if you invite them because research says that 57% of people will come. And so I'm asking you to pick seven people that you are going to faithfully pray for over the next month and invite to come and be a part of Christmas Eve with us. We've also created a Facebook Christmas Eve event for Christmas Eve. And so I want all of you to get your phones out right now. And I want you to go to the Warehouse Church Facebook page. And I want you to click on the events section. And I want you to find our Christmas Eve event. And I want you to invite seven people right now. Just invite seven people. I'm giving you permission to play on your phones during this message. Invite seven people to join you on Christmas Eve. Just go ahead and invite them. There's a little button there that says invite, and you invite your friends, and it even gives you a list of all your Facebook friends. And I want you to go ahead and invite and share it on your Facebook page. As a matter of fact, here's what I'm really excited about. We're going to have something on our Facebook page every day, an interaction that you can join in. And I want to invite you right now to participate and interact with us as often as you can on our Facebook page. You'll be asked crazy questions like share your favorite Christmas recipe, what's your favorite Christmas hack, all kinds of different things. And I want you to interact with those. There'll be, there'll be reminders that'll say 15 days till Christmas Eve. Share that on your Facebook page. Let people know. And let's create a buzz in social media that people are like, what's going on at Warehouse Church on Christmas Eve? Because here's the reality, church, and hear me. Everybody listen to this and hear me. We want to be a church that leads the way in extravagant generosity because we know that it will impact the lives of so many people. Imagine the impact that we can make Christmas Eve. Imagine people's lives being transformed as they hear the Christmas story for the very first time. So I'm inviting you to join me in making a difference in our community. Would you do that with me? Would you, would you do that? Would you give sacrificially? Would you pray for lives to be transformed? Would you pick seven people and begin to invite them to join you on Christmas Eve? 
Would you interact and invite people to the event on your Facebook page? These are all things that we can all do. And the, the end result, even if one person's life is transformed, how amazing is that? Even if one person gives their lives to Jesus, it was all worth it. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for being a good, good father. Lord, we sang about your goodness earlier. Lord, we've talked about how generous you are with us. God, you sent Jesus, your son, to give it all so that we might be in relationship with you. Lord, your word, you have called us to be a generous people. Lord, to be generous in our prayer life, to be generous with our gifts and our talents and our resources, to be generous with our finances. And Lord, all of that is so that the world may be changed for you. So Father, right now, I just come to you and Lord, I pray. I pray now for Christmas Eve. It's, it's weeks away. But Lord, I'm praying right now. I'm praying that one, two, 10, 20 people, that their lives would forever be transformed by that evening. Lord, that as I hear the Christmas story and as we talk about the greatest gift that was ever given, that they would receive that gift, the gift of a relationship with you. And Father, if there's someone in this room right now that has never given their life to Jesus, Lord, may they begin the Christmas season by receiving the best gift ever, which is a relationship with you. And if that's you, and if you're in this room today, or if you're watching online and you've never given your life to Jesus, it's as simple as this. It's as simple as inviting Jesus into your life. It's saying something like, Lord, I recognize that I have lived my life without you. And Lord, that I, I, have, I have done things that have grieved you. I've been a sinner. But Father, today I want to change all that. Lord, I want to invite you to come into my life, to rescue, you, rescue me from myself, to forgive me of my sins, and to bring joy and purpose and hope into my life. Jesus, would you come and be my savior today? Would you come and rescue me? Just pray that. Just wherever you're sitting, if you've never invited the Lord in your life, just pray that. And for those of us who have wrestled with generosity and, and maybe we came in and we say, all oh, the church wants is my money. That's not it at all. It's, it's having an attitude of generosity because the Father is a generous God. We want to live the abundant life, and, and the world tells us to live the abundant life. we got to consume more and more and more, but the Bible tells us to live the abundant life. we got to give, give, and give more. Father, I pray that we as a church and that we as individuals we would lead the way in our families, that we would lead the way in our friendships, that we would lead the way in our community, that we would lead the way in extravagant generosity, because we recognize that as followers of you, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, listen, if you gave your life to the Lord today, if you prayed that prayer, don't leave here without telling somebody. Like, let somebody know, say, hey, I invited Jesus into my life, and we would love to pray with you. As a matter of fact, we're going to sing this song, and as we sing and as Jesse leads us in this closing song, I want to invite you to come and spend time in prayer up front here. 
And if you'd like to spend time just praying, giving thanks, maybe you just want to give thanks because the Bible tells us in all circumstances we should give thanks. Or maybe you want to pray, Lord, help me to be more strategic in my generosity. Or maybe you want to come and invite the Lord into your life. Whatever it is, you come, spend time in prayer. You want someone to pray with you. I'm right there on the front row. Just tap my shoulder. But better yet, I say this every week, it would be amazing if you just grab someone next to you and say, hey, would you come and pray with me? Because it's so cool when we pray together in community. It's amazing. So I just invite you to come and pray as we sing this closing song. Let's all stand up together. And with hearts filled with gratitude, with hearts of generosity, let's lift our voices to the Lord, either in song or in prayer. Let's worship.